um, as part of our, when we, we don't make a big deal about money and I think we should stop like I spoke earlier. I know for a lot of people, finances is always a big issue when it comes to church. I do speak about finances a lot in church. I do speak about sex a lot in church. And I believe even it's, it's good for our children to hear these timeless truths. Amen? So, um, as we take up the offering this morning, I'm asking the Lord this week, by next week Friday, we'll have our last bungalow finished at Ark. Uh, yesterday I went and I bought a, a gas geezer geezer for them. And um, so our last bungalow would be full and then we can take in another 10 guys from the street or from wherever. And we're trusting the Lord to fill that place. Okay? So as we, as Acts 29, are, are saying, Lord, we want to be part of the solution, I believe that the Lord is doing something significant in our midst. And I want to thank everyone already that is buying in with us into this vision that is making it possible for us to help people, to see people uh, come, come out, of, out of the kingdom of darkness into His marvelous light. To help us to love people that no one... I want to tell you, it's, the gospel is very easy spoken. It's very hardly lived. And if we can live it and we can be proactive about it, then we have overcome. Okay, so I want to read a scripture, a portion out of scripture while we take up the finances. Isaiah 53 verse 1. And we all know that this is the Mosianic um, uh, scripture of Isaiah. It was written 750 years before Jesus came. And it was so accurate to the T that it speaks about him being crucified, how he was rejected, and how he went through all these things for us. So, um, and here what it says. It says, who has believed what he has heard from us? Who has believed what he has heard from us? Amen. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And the Lord asked me the following. He said, Matthias, do you really believe that God wants to be good to us? And guys, if there's anyone who would like to make a card payment, we have a card payment. Derek's there with the card. So please do take the liberty and use it. So listen here, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Who of you have seen the Lord move in your life? I mean, I can tell you about these great breakthroughs that we had, and we saw the hand of the Lord in our lives. I can tell you about these times that I said, Lord, where the heck are you? It's going tough. It's, it's hard. But sometimes it's, it's just for people to know that you're not the only guy that feels that your, your prayers is hitting the ceiling. It's good to know that. Do you agree with me? And he said, For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of the ground, and he had no form or majesty that you should look upon him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. I want to pause there this morning. I want to ask you a question. Who of you are esteeming the Lord? Is keeping Him in high esteem. When you keep something in high esteem, it means you are keeping it in value. You are giving to it a value. Anything, who of you have taken some, um, uh, some gravel outside and put it in your safe before? Is there anyone that's done something like that? Okay, but what, you do, what do you do place in your safe? Something that is precious and of value. It's something that you keep in high esteem. Amen? 
And the Lord said to me, Matthias, he said, I want to become in high esteem. How would you bring me back into high esteem? And I was thinking of all these things. And the one thing that we, who loves the Lord? Is there anyone who loves the Lord? I mean, by basis of words, I can tell you, everyone that's in church and that's believers would say, man, I love him. You know that he echoes louder that he loves us, that he has chosen us first. And then he says, how would you show me that you love me? How could you prove that you love Jesus? The Bible says by loving one another. The way I love him reveals to you how much I've loved him. The way I love Arnu reveals the fact that I love him. The way I, I, I give mercy to people reveals God's hand. And that's why the church is so necessary upon the earth. He left us to be the light and the salt. Am I right? And guys, I want to say to you, unfortunately, who's ever got into a marriage and your wife has cost you absolutely nothing? <laughs> if it costs you nothing, it's worth nothing. Am I right? And it's not that you can ever buy. I want to tell you, don't ever be manipulated. We will never, ever, I want you to feel manipulated in your giving. For me, it's a belief system where I say to the Lord, Lord, may it reflect in this season. My, myself and my wife has, has applied this principle in our lives. We're not preaching out of a point. I, do, I don't preach what I don't do. And we've applied the principle of saying, Lord, we want to give you everything. We give our tithe. We give everything. But I don't, I don't believe in the principle of a tithe. I believe everything is his. Amen? Um, we've had very good friends of us that said to us, listen, the Lord said we must buy you a car. We've given away cars. And in that we have experienced the Lord's goodness. Who would love just if you're in a difficult place for someone to come through for you? Guys, you know why I want people to come to church? At a stage, I challenged the businessmen in, in Broncospat. I said to them, I want to give a car away every Sunday. And there was one guy like Judas, he was angry. Now we must sell the perfume and give it to the poor. We must rather use the money. And I said to them, and there was some of these guys, Duncan will even tell, some of those guys really spoke bad about us in the, back in those days. Because they said, oh, they, you're only drawing people to the church because you're giving away cars. Oh, Jesus was giving away bread. And people only followed him for bread. Amen? It's fine. They reach the lost at any cost. And I, I trust the Lord that the Lord will do something in our midst, guys, that there would be such a, such a generosity amongst us that there would be no lack. No lack. That there would be a desire to say, Lord, here am I, Lord, come and do something fresh within me. Amen? Let's just extend our hands to the finances and let's just bless our income. The Bible says, And who knows that we're a, a priestly, a prophetic generation. So you need to speak with your seed, am I right? And if you have no vision for your seed, and there's no expectation, there where there's no vision, the people perish. So Father, we bless our seed this morning, Father, and we say thank you for the opportunity for us as a body to give. And Lord, we want to bless your kingdom. And Father, we want to participate as this is our season. And Jesus, I want to ask, Lord, that there would be a living testimony amongst us of your goodness in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. One of my spiritual fathers, Reinhard Bonke, uh, I don't know who knows Reinhard Bonke, is one of my spiritual dads. He passed away a few years ago, and myself and Carly was fortunate to go to his funeral. Um, and he always said to me, Matthijs, the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of that opportunity. Just think about it for a moment. Just the opportunity of a lifetime 
must be seized in the, the lifetime of that opportunity. Everything has a lifetime. Everything has a window period. And that's why we so urgently as the church need to be things. If, you, if the Holy Spirit's laying upon your heart this morning and says you need to set things straight, you be obedient to His voice. Amen? If He's telling you, listen, you phone your brother and your sister or your mom and say, listen, yeah, my mark is yammer, but it was not me that was wrong, I don't care. You learn to yield to the Spirit. Amen? And even if you are right, are you willing to lose the fight for His cause? Amen? Can I just get an amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So yeah, uh, I'm in identity. I see it says part one. I haven't changed that. It's actually part four of identity. Uh, so sorry about that. Um, but I'm starting with what I start off in, in part one. So who has believed the Lord? Who knows? My son believes me when I tell him I love him. Okay. I want to say, Joshua, feel like as if he and his cousins were putting these small toys on their faces last, last yesterday. And um, so he's full of, it looks like a pokey dot this morning. Like if I had love bites gehad het. And it's not of his mouth. So if you see the cousins and Joshua with all these blue spots, don't worry. We're not shooting them with, with <laughs> cable ties or stuff like that. Uh, they, they look like that because they are silly. Okay. Um, is my cheerleader? This is Mikey, and you must come back for Mikey. Well, okay. Um, yes, okay, I get so excited for the heart, but let's just get into it. Uh, Romans 4, verse 5. And um, this is the one I started off a few weeks ago, and I, I just want to start with this. If you, this morning, for whoever believed the Lord, who has heard the word and believed? I want to say to you, if you are struggling to believe God's word, it's most probably because you're struggling with your identity. If you are still wondering if you are a son in the Lord's house and if he wants to be good towards me, it's most probably because you've struggled with rejection and you're struggling in the area of identity. And then the Bible speaks about when we come to matureness. Amen. We become this mighty oaks in the kingdom. I want to say to you this morning, if we truly believe the word of God, we will have no one walking out of church feeling uncertain if God wants to use them. You'll never wonder if on the basis of your error, God wants to use you. Jesus has taken away every excuse that you might use so that he will not use you. Think of, of Isaiah when we read. And I want, when I speak about the, the um, shadow books, the Old Testament is the shadow books. The New Testament is the daylight, the clear revelation of, the, of Jesus, of what the Father's heart was. I love the shadow books. I'm going to preach out of the shadow books this morning. I'm not against the Old Testament. The whole scripture has been given. Okay? But when I speak of the shadow books, I especially love the New Testament because Jesus is so clear. The Father is so clear. His intentions, His heart is so clear. And as I'm speaking on identity, if you feel uncertain about the mandate, the call upon your life, you will never ever have the liberty to draw close. There will always be a measure of not, no Lord, you can't use me. Why would you want to use me? Now I want to say to you this morning, the Lord wants to use you. And he's got a desire for you. And he's such a gentleman that he'll only move upon you if you allow him. Amen. He will never force you. He's not a raper. He will, he, he will come so swiftly upon you and gently upon you. And then he'll use you and he'll blow your mind. I remember when I started praying for the sick, 
Um, back in those days, one of my spiritual fathers was praying like that because he had gout in his hands. And I thought it was the way that you held your hand that, made, that healed the sick. So when I was praying for the sick, I was also praying like this. And then I realized, no, this guy's got gout. <laughs> okay. And I stopped praying for people like that. I thought to myself, what an idiot. I'm an idiot. Because I think it's the way that I'm praying. It's the, the tone. The devils will maybe, maybe move because of my tone or the, my posture. Guys, it's, it's got nothing to do with us. Everything is for him, to him, and about him. Amen? And if you can know that in your, in your identity, if you can know that God wants to use you, He loves you so much, He has chosen you before the foundations of the earth. He's already paid the price, laid down His life, given you the victory so that you can stand up, rule, reign, and take dominion. So Adam stood in the garden and God gave him a man that He says, rule, reign, and take dominion. And he failed because he failed to notify what his true calling was, who he was in God. And I want to say to you, in the perfectness of the God, and people missed it, what about in the world that we are living in? Yes, like a man, I in the state, I grew up in the state, but I was a tiny dog with all the clear. And I think myself, yes, I think 80% of the man is striking is over by. Can I go on? <laughs> this is real life you hardly can go into a movie and then I had to say Lord to the pure all things are pure and to the defile everything is defiled if I'm going to look for an excuse why God cannot use me I've not prayed enough you know what there was a stage I would get up at 2, 3 in the mornings and I'll pray all the way to 6 o'clock and something will go wrong during the day and I'll think to myself I didn't pray enough Maybe I should have stand, st stood up an hour earlier trying to please Him through my services. And there's nothing wrong in doing it as long as you realize that it's not because of your doing that God is good. It's not your behavior or your, your, your facts or the, the fact that you stood up that God is moving now. God is moving because He's faithful and He's true to His word. And He has said it and that's why He's going to do it. Amen. And you know what's the lacquer thing for me? Is as soon as I realize my identity lies in Him. I don't need to fit in a 32 gene so that God should like me. And I think I'll never fit into a 32 gene for that matter. Hallelujah, Danielian. I mean, if, if God had to use you because you have hair and you, you, you pitch into a 32 gene, and that's the only reason why I could use you. I mean, Saul was one of those guys. He was appointed by men because they looked and they said, that's the perfect solution. That's the guy who God loves because he's the biggest. Let's choose him. By default, this is you now, for ochend. Okay? But your spar is not more than you. So as a woman, your length can cry. That was that so. Okay. Stand not your outward up. Willem, stand not up. So if I had that guy in that guy's body, then we had Saul. Okay, go ahead and hand it Well done. I can see even more. I said, "Begin later." Mini me. Hallelujah. So, and Israel was looking at at a, a person and thinking to themselves that God can only use, and God's heart would be for a king, someone whose stature is great, and who's great on the eye. And then David came, this ruddy young man. 
And God said, I take delight in him. Because God places his heart on every, he loves everyone equally. Why is some men more spectacular in the word? And then, I mean, if you look at Paul, Paul has three buckled bjene gehad. Hy het a unibrow gehad. Wie vind jy dat a unibrow gesien? Hy was a ugly ou. And the reason why he written books is because he wasn't influential. People did not look to him in authority and yet God used him to write two-thirds of the Bible. And one of the things that impressed me the most is when people come to realize that ek kan miskien 80 jaar oud is, maar God het my geroep. You don't mess with me. And then we see the church becoming victorious. Amen? So let's start here. Romans 4 verse 5. But no one earns God's righteousness. No one, remember I said righteousness is, if you ask the logical students what is righteousness, they will tell you righteousness is to be in right stand with God, which is a total lie. It's not necessarily a lie um, in the sense that we need to be in right standing with God, but it's more to do with to be in a right relationship with God. Who of you have, who's been married longer than 10 years? Let me just quickly do a test. In that 10 years, who of you have not been cool with the person that's, with, with who you've been married to? Ek nog net jylle twee, jylle twee lieg verskrikkelijk. Was jylle nog nooit kwaad vir mekaar? Ek is jylle was nog net kwaad vir mekaar. Okay, let's give them a hand. That's what we want to know. <laughs> Okay, so if you've been married for longer than 10 years, then you know there was a day that I'm not cool with that girl and she was not cool with me. En sy het gedink, my awesome stink. Ek al getrouw het, dit is my eerste ding in die ochend gesoen, ek het papiebref gehad. En toe er in sy lang de land, sy is op my begin gegeet, tannenborsel. Ek sê, what went wrong? Er is ons arm in een van die tuin. What went wrong? Okay, so it's to be in right relationship. So ek weet as die tannie kwaad is vir my. Mag ek sê hoe weet ek het? Mag ek expose? Ek doen het in ou geval. Okay. Daar lip hier ook so kort en stijf. En ek kan sy my nie soen nie. As ek van my liefie gee my soen, en as hy lip hier so stijf, het lyk of sy my wil bijt. O, weet ek. Ok, dit is my die mooiste lip hier daar. Dit is my lip hier. Okay. So die gevolg is dit is, how do I know? Okay, so it's to know that you are in right relationship. It's not necessarily to, 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 to have this whole Cliché of man, ek full loved. Ek, when I remember when we just got married, I had this butterflies in my stomach. And my mother, my, one of my spiritual mothers said to me, she said, the day you know you love is when the butterflies is away and you still make the choice to go back. Okay? I, I tend to believe God's word, irrelevant if I've got the butterflies in my stomach. I believe his word. And yeah, let's, let's quickly listen. But no one earns God's righteousness. It can only be transferred when we no longer rely on our own works. Just say to the person next to you, your works can do nothing for God. Your works doesn't help Him. But believe in the one who powerfully declared the ungodly to be righteous in His eyes. Can you see it? But believe in the one who powerfully declares the ungodly to be righteous. With other words, He declares you to be in right relationship with Him. In his eyes. So you might feel removed. You know when, when Eve fell in the garden, she felt removed. God was still chasing them down. He still peached. He, wasn't, he knew everything. He didn't not come to the garden because she stuffed it up. And he was still coming, being faithful. Coming for the encounter. And all of a sudden, people withdrew. Not God. God will never leave nor forsake us. Amen. Can we Amen. Can we 
goeie genicht, geef vir die rande tap, ek stem, he never leaves no forsake us, if it is faith that transfers God's righteousness into your account, so listen here, if it is faith that transfers God's righteousness into your account, dan het ek daar iets uitgeveest, sorry daarvoor, um, so, uh, okay, it should read, even King David himself, so ek weet nie wat het ek daar gedoen nie, even King David himself speaks to us regarding the complete wholeness. Who of you would like to be completely whole? You know why King David spoke about complete wholeness? And he slept with another man's wife. And he had a man killed. The, the husband of the wife killed. Imagine it, Elaine. Ek mag vir Andrew dood. En ek wil vir jou kom koffie drink. You think I'm righteous? So how the heck does stuff like that happen? And, and that's in the church. It's King David, the man after God's own heart. I'm thinking to myself, Lord, no, you, you, you should have had that one right. He says he's speaking about complete wholeness. Why can David speak on complete wholeness? Because he understood who and what he was in God. He knew that God was for him. When he walked up to that giant of a man, he knew that God was in his, in, in, in his um, lane. He knew that God was in his lane. Amen? And listen here, that comes inside of a person when God's powerful. So this righteousness in faith comes into a person when? Um, into a person when God's powerful declaration of righteousness, with other words, is heard over our lives. So how do we get this complete wholeness? We get complete wholeness when we hear by faith God's powerful declaration over us. What He has said, what He has declared. Man, Aiden, just come here quickly. So this boy is so disciplined and I'm so proud of him and he's my own. And every morning, irrelevant of what he'll do, I'll kiss him and tell him, you know what, you're the best thing. I'm so blessed to have you. There are a few times that I can clap. But most of the time, I really just love him. And he never needs to do anything more to try and impress me. If he can bench 200 kilograms or only 50, it's irrelevant to me. If he's the fastest guy in town or the slowest guy in town, my, my brother had a word on God. His name was Boerewors. Okay? As Boerewors uitgaard, he's going to rest of the hunde. He's going to in his kop, he's the finnigste. Die ander ronde sal drie keer op en af en terug. Maar boere woord is voor. En hy kom nooit achter nie. Why? He believed the powerful declaration. Jy is my woefieke boere woord. En hy het een tjommie gehad, sy naam was Hans woord. So ooit, jy moet jou hond een woordsnaam gee. Ek gaan sê dankie. And so a complete wholeness that comes inside of a person when a powerful declaration of righteousness is heard over your life. Apart from works. You know what your children want to hear? Jou, jou scorecard. Like 10, 10 in 8 geval beter as jou paas. Kom ons eens eerlijk. Ek het nou dag, toe check ek my kinderse wiskunde. Ek sê vir my vrou, hou die tutor. <laughs> ek kan hulle nie meer iets leer nie. They far beyond me. En ek het wiskunde gehad. Ek denk myself, goeie genichtig, Matthijs, hier is jy in die moeilijkheid. Jy moet jy dan net stopblij. Jy gaan so sit, en ek gaan net, as hulle so vir my kost, en ek sê, yes, Ek ou net, fake it till you make it. Amen? 
Sy oukies is sit en jy scan jy, sy twee keer vertel van weet jy wat ek die ouwens drie keer jou saai is opgerom. Feik om net. Why? Okay, so, so important. This morning, I want you to understand there's something about when we believe the powerful declaration that God has made over us. If you can't believe God's declaration over your life, then you are missing out on your identity. And where do we get these declarations? Do you know that the word has more than 30,000 promises for the church? If we can just take it. And then he makes a statement. He says, God's work is enough. The finished work of the cross, it's enough. So this morning, you know what I challenge people that I walk around with? I tell them, don't come to the front for prayer. Come to the front for healing. Because Jesus said, be healed. Amen? I challenge people to change their way of thinking. We find you the blind man, blind Bartlemias, which, which in any case I told you guys, Barbet means son of Timias. Timias means a noble person. Blind Bartlemias came, die stoelen kan allemaal omdraai, as jylle nie geweet het nie, so sorry, as ek sit tussen jylle inbeweeg, jylle kan net so draai. Blind Bartlemias, the, 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 the nicest thing about him, was the fact that when Jesus came in, he said, son of David, have mercy on me. He was calling on the name of the Lord. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. Whenever we believe the word of God, and we take it to, our, to, to heart, there will be a manifestation of his goodness. I tell you, my grandmother told me as a boy, and I was not a believer, she said to me, Matthijs, wanneer die tek hier die teer tref, en die dinge raak nou moeilik, dan roep jy op die naam van Jesus, en jy verklaar net die bloed van Jesus. So one day, I was sniffing steelbond, who knows what steelbond is? Net die wat. Okay, daar is so serious issues. Dis skoengom, okay? Dis die geel blikkie dat jy get, nou gooi om sommer so in die brandewein, die halfjack sakkies, wie weet waarvan ek praat? Okay? Nou gooi om so dan... En die volgende oomlik aan singe, en die volgende oomlik singe, ek riet om de moene. And the, I knew I was in trouble, and all I remembered was, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. I prayed, I said, Jesus, Jesus. And all of a sudden, I was caught up. And the Holy Spirit came, even in my broken state, and he embraced me, and I was not even a believer. There's power in the name of Jesus. Amen. So here's it. I want to say to you, the unbelievers practice the principles of the Bible and they get more results than the church. I tell you. Ek kry mense wat geld geef vir die SPCI en hulle is meer geseend as mense in die kerk. They don't even give to a church. They give to the SPCI. They are generous. And they are more blessed. Why? Because the church does not know what God says about us. We don't believe the powerful declaration. We've not come to, the, to that place. So we don't get complete wholeness because we are still struggling with what we have done. And all that the enemy needs to tell you is what he told Eve. You are still lacking in an area. Because of that, you are still lacking. God won't come close to you because of that. God won't bless you because of what you have said. Because of the argument. I want to tell you I'm blessed irrelevant of what I've done that day. Amen. There's nothing that can separate me from the love of God. No, no, no weapon, no famine, no sickness, no death. Anything in all creation that can separate me from the love of God. So what does love mean? I believe, if I, if, and you know what complete almost what it means? Nothing lacking. No lack. I'm not talking now, it's not a prosperity teaching. 
I, w- I want to tell you, there was a time in my life where I believed certain lies in my marriage. Ek het met een skans rondgeloop, weet al met die oranje swysbrille, of wat ook al het is rondgeloop, dan check jy so net hier, en like alles vir jou oranje, en so so, wow. Iemand het al gedoen? Jy het jylle laatst aan, everything looks jylle, because it's the lens that you look through that determines what you see, and the color that it looks. And if we can change the way that we look, God is about to meet us. Here's what David said, what happy fulfillment is ahead for those whose rebellion has been forgiven and whose sins are covered by blood. Guys, this is an inferior covenant. It's an Old Testament, an Old Covenant, where David is making a statement. And what I say, whenever, whenever you brought, if this was my, my little lamb, Mary had a little lamb, and I brought my lamb now to the priest there, Guess what the priest is inspecting? Me or the lamb? So he's getting under inspection. I track out where after where I kijk. I'm not getting inspected. I'm not getting inspected on the basis because I've already failed. That's why I'm bringing the lamb. And David is making a declaration. He's saying, how is it that, that, that the Old Testament, they understood that the blood would cover you for a whole year if you have sinned and you bring your lamb and your your sin is not taken away, it's just covered. In the New Testament, when you come and the Lamb of God has paid the price, He eradicates, He takes away your sin. He does not cover it, He takes it away. Yes, this is a place Seriously. He says, listen here, here's what David says, what happy fulfillment is heard when those whose rebellion has been forgiven and whose sins are covered by blood what happy progress comes to them when they hear the Lord speaks over them? I will never hold these sins against you. This is David in the Old Testament. I'm thinking to myself, oh Lord, what a mighty God we serve. You can just go two slides on. Then this morning, I'm going to not speak on every one of them, just on two of them. But I want to speak about, if we speak about identity, I want to place a bit of identity on us, on um, this generation. So who knows that we are the Benjamin generation? In the Bible, the Bible speaks of us as the last generation. We are the last of Jacob's sons. You know that that Jacob had two sons? Two beloved sons from his one wife, his first wife, the one that he wanted to marry. Amen. Rachel. And when he had this, this, um, this two sons, the eldest son's name was Joseph. He's the guy that went into Egypt. And then he had a younger brother that he didn't even know about whose name was Benjamin. Benjamin means the son of the right hand, the favored one, the one who, who is the, the father is with, the one the father always approves of. And this Benjamin dude had five times more blessing upon his life than anyone else. Then you've got this Joshua. Who knows that we are called the Joshua generation? We are the people that inherited the land. Amen. I want to say to you, anything that's not legal in heaven is not legal on earth. Is there going to be cancer in heaven? Who's waiting for a cancer bed in heaven? So if it has no right there, guess what? It has no right here. Because the Bible says, as in heaven, so on the earth. I, be, I firmly believe that God wants us to believe His word and then, then say, Lord, these things don't have a right. I don't believe that, um, 
one day when we get to heaven, then everything is only going to be right. I believe that God wants us to, if God wanted us in heaven, dan het hy net gesê, hier ek gee my hart vir u, en daar is ek in die hemel. So the fact is, God don't necessarily want us just to get into heaven. He wants us to believe him to get heaven on earth. He wants us to believe in the word so that there would be a total, a total um, restoration of the whole creation that is yearning up until now. And the only way that will happen is through the church. The third one God spoke about was David. And David was totally before his time. This, this guy David was so before his days that he went into the most holies and he ate the bread. And he was not even struck by, by God. You know, the, the Old Testament, the, 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 the way they believed about God, they thought that God is like Zeus. You must not insult him. And now if you look at King David, what was King David? He was a shepherd king. He was someone that took care of the sheep. Now I want to say to you, God is yearning for people who are saying, Lord, I want to take care of my brother. You're either your brother's keeper or you're, you're his killer. You decide which one you are. When the two brothers of, of, Adam, of Adam was born, um, Cain and Abel, the, the Lord said to when, when when he came and he said to him, where's your brother? He said to him, Lord, am I my brother's keeper? No, you were his killer. And what I believe is, is we don't want to confront people in these days. I want to tell you, I, I like confronting people and not to have a fight. I want people to think. I want people to have a confession. I want people to have a statement to know that God is for me, not against me. That he loves me. Amen? And then the word calls David a man after God's own heart. I want to say to you, this generation is a generation after God's own heart. We are those, just imagine, God enjoyed us more this morning than we enjoyed him. We were more blessed by God's presence this morning. Well, he was more blessed by our presence than we were his. He loved us so much that he gave his very life. Amen. Weet al hy ou gecheck wat achter jou aanrui, en hy is dom, hy sal 700 kilometer aan, hy sal sy snoepie geld vat, en twee weke in die maand nie eet, en net om vir te kom keir, toe jy hulle uitgegaan het. Na die dag is jy trouw, en sê vir jy mag jy skoene koop nie. <laughs> Kan ek amen kry? Okay. So die realiteit is, die Heere is die ou wat nog steeds achter jou aanrui. Hy het alles opgesit. And then I believe in my favorite, my, my, my favorite character in the Bible is John, the beloved. The one that knew how much, he, he's calling himself the one whom Jesus loved. Everyone is ever trying to explain how they loved God. John is the one that sits and say, the one who was loved by God. I know how much he loves me. You know that the last book written, you, they don't speak about this, the last book written in, the, in, in the, the New Testament was the book of John. The people tell us the book of Revelation. No, after the book of Revelation, he had this encounter on Patmos, which the, and then the church leaders came to John. They said, we haven't got your exposition on what Jesus was, and you're, you're an old man. Please tell us. 80 years later, and John felt so loved, it was so intimate, and he said, let's go to the mountains and pray. Sitting on the mountains, he said to them, In the beginning was God. <laughs> and God was, and he was with God. And the word became flesh. And he talked out of this deepness of an experience that he had. The reason why he was the last one to die was the encounter he had. 
church had to have the encounter of love. They said if we read all the synoptic gospels, we got a clear picture of Jesus. But only when you read the book of John, you find the heart of the Father. You see the Father's love towards us, the identity that He plays upon us. That's why I love the book of John. He was the beloved. And then Paul, the faithful believer, the one who pursued God in the midst of everything. He was a killer. He approved of killing. He was corrupted by the system. Legally and lawfully, he was 100% right. But he was so out of touch with what God was doing. And I want to say to you, the church knows the word just like the devil. But we're out of touch. We need to get our hearts back into this game. I can clean his elke dag op dag by die selfde meisie, in die selfde betlem. Kan die ook boord kos eet. And she's not feeling me. She's feeling lonely. Or we need to say, Lord, we want our hearts back in this game. We want to feel touched by you. Genesis 44 verse 1. So, that was just a basis. Is jylle recht vir hom? Kan ons afskop? <laughs> Halleluja. Gelukkig is ons nie so sterk op die tyd nie. Oe, blikskottel. Dis 24 minuut oor 10. Then he commanded the steward of the house, fill the men's sacks. Now let's, let me just give you some background here. So here we've got the, 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 the sons of Jacob. That's, Joseph went into Egypt. He was taken captive into Egypt. And he was in, in prison. And then God came and he raised him up all, after all these years. Okay, so he was first in Potiphar's house. Then he, stepped, he overstepped the boundary. He missed the whole thing with Potiphar's wife. Who's read that in the Bible? Um, uh, Potiphar missed it with him. And he ended up in prison, and then he was in prison giving, telling people their dreams, and everyone forgot about him. And then one day Pharaoh had the dream, and God said, now this is your opportunity. So now Joseph is sitting in Egypt, and everyone, in a certain sense, has, um, has missed off and off what was going on. Listen here. And then his 12 brothers. Now, the brothers of, of jo Joseph, which what we don't, or, or I've not mentioned yet, they threw him in a pit and they told their father that your beloved son, because he was the beloved child, he had this cloak of many colors. And many people will draw this cloak with all these type of colors. It wasn't really what it was like. It was a very fine linen that had this different variance when the sun shone upon it. And um, it was very expensive material. It's a look at Tlaukvis, what he not got in. And the gevolg was geweest, listen here, his brother threw him in the pit, they tore that clothes, his identity off him. They threw him in the pit and they brought that back to his father. They said, identify and tell us if this is your sons. And he looked at it and he said, it's my sons. And they said, well, a, a wild animal has devoured him. You see, when he went, his father thought he was dead. His father was weeping for him. Meanwhile, he was going into the promise because God has said, and Joseph is on his way into the promised land, and God, even though he's in a pit, and from the pit he went to Potiphar's house, God's favor did not seize upon him. God was with him in and out. God was with him every step of the journey. And then he ended up becoming the second right-hand man to Pharaoh, the most influential guy in the world, now Joseph is his 2IB. And as Joseph is, is sitting there, guess who pitches up in Egypt? Because now there's, there's a famine in the country. And everyone from everywhere is coming closer. And his brothers are coming there, but they don't notice him. 
They can't. They don't realize this is their boot. And he realizes, and he knows them. But they can't recognize him. And sometimes we would not recognize our brothers. Now he's sitting there, and he was good to them. And he gave them, and they paid for all these, the, the, this grain that they were taking back to their father's house. And then he would put their money back in their, in their bags. And as they drove off, then, then they came back the next time and they said to their father, Dad, we can't go back because they will tell us when we got back home, our money was in our bags, in, on, on, on our soccer. And we are afraid. And guess what? The famine didn't see, so they had to go back. You see, God will many times use circumstances for, to, in us to bring us closer so that we would have a confession. Amen? Your circumstances in your life is never there to kill you. It's not there to destroy you. It's there to prove the goodness and the, and the favor of God on your life. Amen? Who's ever thanked God for the, for the things that you're going through? I want to tell you, it's, really be thankful. I'm thanking God for the things that we went through. There's things that happened in our life that shaped us. It's given us character. It wasn't easy. I don't want to go through it again. But I'm so thankful for the fact that God showed His perfect love towards us. And listen here. Then he commanded the steward of the house, fill the men's sack with food and as much as they can carry, and put each man's money back in the mouth of the sack, and put my cup, the silver cup. Now the second time they came with, he said to them, next time if you come, because you look like spies, you bring your brother. He heard his brother was born. And now he wants to see his brother. And he's not telling him he is the brother. And now if they bring this little brother, and again he does this, but this time he puts his cup in his brother's bag. And listen here. And he put, put my cup, the silver cup, in the mouth of the sack of the youngest. Which generation is that? Who knows that silver means that, that sin has been blotted out. Silver speaks of, of, of God's goodness. It speaks of wealth. Um, with, with his money for the grain. And he did as Joseph told him. And as soon as the morning was light, the men were, were set away, sent away with their donkeys. And they had gone only a short distance from the city. Now Joseph said to, to his stewards, Up, follow after the men. And when you overtake them, say to them, Why have you repaid evil for good? So think about this. This is all plan that Joseph has. He sends them away. The previous time, at least I would have looked, I had three magical beers before I would have left, I would have looked in my bag if my gold coins was not there. And now, he's again sending them away. And guess what? Now he's placed his cup in his younger, in his younger brother's bag. I want to say to you, there's some things that has been set up in your life which you did not plan for and you could not expect. Maar alles werkt in goede meer vir die wat die there's certain things that you did not plan for and you can't interpret where things are going. But yet God is working behind the scenes and He's doing far beyond what you can ever imagine or comprehend. The Bible says, what die oog nie gesing het, wat die oor nie gehoor het, wat in die hart van die mens nie opgespring het nie. Dis wat die Heere vir ons in stoor het. Amen? And um, let's look, look on. Now, when the righteous cry for help, this is the next one, yes. When, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Who has called on the name of the Lord and was saved? Anyone? I want to tell you, yes, I've seen the Lord's hand. 
The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. I shared this the first day as well. And many times we'll say, but Lord, yes, the Lord is close to those who are broken. And we think that the Lord only wants to meet you in your brokenness and then he expects of you to be perfect. The Lord is close to people in brokenness, not that they would stay broken. That they would know the difference between nearness. God's revealing his nearness, his closeness, irrelevant of what you have done. You know that God is not good for you on the basis of what you've done? He's good because He's good. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Just say to the guy next to you, the Lord is delivering you out of that now. Now let's just read a few things about Benjamin before we conclude. In Genesis 35, 18, he says, And, and as his soul was, was departing, this is now Joseph's mother, and Benja, she was giving birth to Benjamin, his younger brother. Um, for, for she was dying, she called his name Benuni. Who knows what the name Benuni means? No? It does not mean that? No? Where legends were born, definitely not. Brockpan? <laughs> um, Benuni means... Who knows what it means? Forsaken. Forsaken. Desolate. Ben Uni. And now, listen here. So the father, who is the, who's the person that gives identity? The father. I heard on Thursday, John made a statement and he said, why didn't the father come instead of the son? Why did the son come? And he made a statement. He said, if you saw the father came, you would have said, what a great guy. But if you see my son and you're impressed with my son, you want to meet the father. You want to say, man, I, I want to do it. I can say, I said, your name is Johan. Johan. I'm impressed. So I want to meet. It's the first time I'm meeting the father, but I've, I've, I've seen his daughter. So I'm already impressed just by the fact that I've seen his children. It brings something to my heart. And the main thing here was, now he's calling him ben, Benjamin. Benjamin means the son of my right hand. So from being desolate, forsaken, the one that, that, that brought death, the father is changing the identity. And I want to say to you, if you don't change the identity of what you believe about yourself, you will always be barren. You'll always be forsaken. The, the, who's ever read in the Bible when they came to Mara? Now, many of us, we, we've got a name Mara. Mara means bitter. It's bitter. And then the, the Lord came and He changed the whole identity. God's in the changing of names. Who knows that? He, he, he was, um, was called uh, Jacob and then He became Israel. He was a deceiver and then He became a young prince. So God is into that. Genesis 43, 29. And he lifted up his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son. Now this is where Joseph met him. And he said, is this your youngest brother on, on whom you spoke to me? God be gracious, gracious to you, my son. And I want to say to you, when this generation, if we speak about identity, I want to say to you, God wants to be gracious to this generation. Grace, gracious means that he wants to give you what you don't deserve in the time that you deserve it the least. Amen? Unmerited favor. It's to know when we walk in. 
I mean, the, Andrew, the other day we were speaking about these, these heaps and you were calling it mana whipper for each is that. God wants to give you more mana whipper. And if you can believe, if you can see it, the only thing to get into the promised land is you, can, you must discern it. You must be able to see it. To say, Lord, I want that. I want the promise. Genesis 43, 34. And portions were taken from them by Joseph's table, but Benjamin's portion was five times as much as any of these. And they drank and they were merry with it. So just think about it. What does the, the, the term five mean? The biblical value of five. Grace. So Benjamin was given more grace than all the other brothers. This generation is the generation of grace. I want to say to you, the reason why things are going to work out for you is because God is good. The things why God wants to give you an opportunity is because He's good. The reason why God's going to heal you is because He's good. The reason why your marriage is going to work and your children are going to be a success is because God is good. And if we can believe it and hold to our confession and we can see it, we will be this generation. Why? Because we have seen the promised land and we said, Lord, it is ours. We are, who has believed when the Lord has spoken? Who has come into agreement with what He has said? John 13 verse 1, listen here, Jesus knew that night before the Passover would be his last night on earth, before leaving this world to, to, to return to the Father's side, all, all throughout this time with his disciples. Jesus had demonstrated a deep and tender love for them. And now he longed to show them the full measure of his love. So listen here. So Jesus was walking with them for three years now, and He showed them His love. He's healed the sick, He's healed the leper, He's healed the blind. And now He wants to demonstrate more of His love. And guess how He's going to demonstrate it? Who wants to guess how Jesus is going to demonstrate it? The cross is one of it, yes. But He's going to do an action now. You know what He's going to do? He's going to serve them and wash their filthy feet. This is the context of the scripture that, that, that he's speaking about. And I want to ask you, when last have you served? And then he says, you're not above your master. If I'm doing it for you, guess what you guys should do? And it's not about coming and washing the pastor's feet and me washing your feet. It's about serving the body of Christ. Saying, I'll go to your lowest, filthiest point and I will meet you there. And there I will touch that which is un. When, when, when Peter heard this, he said, Lord, you can't wash my feet. And he said, if I can't wash your feet, I have, you have no portion in me. And he said, Lord, not only my feet, but my head and my whole body as well. And the Lord said to him, that's not what needs to be washed. You see, when we come to the Lord, I, the, the, the Lord wants to show you this morning, the in plaque, the plaque warrants handle. The reason why people feel foreign from God is because when we walk and we stumble, we feel that the Lord has withdrawn from us. But if He can touch the way that we walk, then God can do something significant. Verse 34. So now I give you a new commandment. So now, up until now, He lived out the testament. He was fulfilling the scriptures, Jesus. And He did everything that was required before He went to the cross. cross. The full legal qualification that was needed was done by Jesus and he paid the full price. Amen? And listen here, so I give you now a new commandment and this is now the commandment. The commandment is not based on the ten anymore and the things that you should love the Lord your God of your heart and all your strength. Do we still need to do it? 
Of course. That proves to me that you have walked with the Lord. But that's not the prerequisite what God is talking about. You know what God's main focus is? He's taking away all the ten and all the added laws. There's 636 bylaws. And he's taking away all of them and he's telling people, you know what? What I want you to do, what I want you to understand, I want you to understand that I want to be good to you. And I want to demonstrate my love towards you. And how is he going to demonstrate it? How will we show people that God loves us? Yes, guys, when Jesus spoke on the story of the Good Samaritan, you know what he told the people? He said, let me tell you a story. That there was a priest and a Levite, and both of them were on their way to the place of worship. They were on their way to church, but not only church, that was a conference, Jerusalem. And on their way there, they, they, they saw a man in trouble. They saw a person that was overthrown by robbers. And the, the, what the question was, uh, um, uh, thrown to Jesus was, who is our brother? Wie is ons naaste? Wie is ons naaste? Jy weet jy wie is jou naaste? Op die oomlik is hy my naaste. Dan is dan in jy leen na my naaste. Dis die persoon wat die naaste is. I'm not caring about race. It's the person that I can make a change in their life. The person that I can encourage. Now I'm sitting at work. And the, the secretary is working through something in a marriage. Guess who's my master? Amen? Kindness is what leads people to repentance. So now all of a sudden we are changing the message from you need to be the super apostle. Now, Lord, I just want to be available. I just want to share Jesus' love. Before I go to Nilean, then I'm going to say, then it's 42. Okay? <laughs> Okay? Hotani. And before you leave earth, touch people's lives to that point that they cannot resist the kingdom of God. They cannot. So I give you now a new commandment. Love each other just as much as I have loved you. And now this commandment is given while he's washing. He took off his, his, his robe. He took off his identity. Now he's sitting in front of them, not now as God, He's sitting in front of them as the son of David, the son of man. And he's on his knees. He's washing their feet. He's, and he's washing their feet like the prostitute did. And remember when the prostitute washed his feet, they were judging her? Because it's not right that you wash the Lord's feet. But now we see the illustration. The Lord is down there and he's washing now the prostitute's feet. A greater love has no one seen that one would lay down his life for his friends. Now he is the one that's giving. He's the one that's sacrificing. And you know what? They don't feel worthy. They don't feel worthy. The only one at that table who took the liberty is the one, we told where the is the beloved disciple that leaned back into Jesus' chest and he pressed himself into him. And he even had the, the, everyone was wondering who was the, 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 um, going to be the deceiver. So he said, Lord, who will it be? Everyone is asking, from. You know, I know who, who of my children is the closest to me, or who feels the most liberty. The image may come from a game spell. Okay? Why? Because the rest think I'm angry. So they're always sending the one which they think has the most favor to go and ask. Wie tot so met jou vrou gerei, dan sê vir jou vrou, ach, wil jy nie vir ons bid nie? 
want jy het alweer dit gestaf op. Amen? Wie weet waarvan ek praat? Dit is niet makkelijk om wat, weet jy nou maar vir ons, weet ek. Ek bid graag, door een taxi voor my inrui. Of een ou by ook weghaard loop, John. Doe kshai hou in. So I give you now a new commandment. Love each other just as much as I have loved you. For when you demonstrate the same love I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know that you are my true followers. Guys, we're talking about identity. How do we know who we are? It's when we've done what he has done. I want to say to you, it's great this morning. I want to challenge you to be faithful in your tithes and your offering. But I want to challenge you to drive out. Take someone for lunch. En as hy stink, as jy wegloop, ek sê vir my pastoor by die kerk, as jy wegloop en jou kleren is nie vol snot net, jy nie goeie preek gehad. Nie. Okay? I'm serious. I'm serious about that. We are not, we are trying to be the shining guys in suits. I want to love the broken. Ek kom ek by die huis, nie. Ek, ek kom nie by die huis en ek is vol make-up en swinkies in my nek of goed nie. My kleren is vol make-up en teiken. En sê my vrouw, hey, hier is so, hier is so, so onder, onder make-up en goeders en lipstick en goeders is op my, yeah, I love people. You know how many times I go home and I've hugged and I've loved that guy that comes under the bridge. Ek het nou een ou gehad, wat hierdie week weggehaard loop, wou weggehaard loop, John, hy stuig ander een keia tree, een kasha boom, is dit die rechte woord, een keia, wat is dit, een kasha is wat, een keisha, een keisha tree. And so now he wants to run away, because he's so, keeping people away from him, that he doesn't want anyone to come close. And I said, from where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? In this cold. You had a bet, you did. But now you need to be real. And I had to fight him down to the point where I was resisting the very thing that is in him so that I can get to the point where I can love him. I'll go home and I smell like the dumps. I want to ask you something this morning. Because we are in identity. Are you willing to love someone? Weet, my vrou het nie hoegenaamte probleem dat ek vir enige vrou in die kerk of andersens bid nie. Of sam met mense heil nie. Because she knows the encounter we had. I'm pursuing her a hundred times more than any other girl. Amen. So that makes it to feel secure. So I don't have to go around with an agenda. Because I'm filled. And if you spend all your energy in pursuing the right thing, you don't have any energy left to chase down the wrong. You know what the church needs to do? We need to spend our focus and our energy on Him. And then we will lose our appetite for sin. I want to tell you, I'm not sin conscious at all. I don't go around keeping people sin and qualifying people by their works. Matthias, what are you saying? Is everything just fine? No. I want to tell you, I still love the drunkard. I love the, the druggie. I love the prostitutes. Um, the other day I was sitting with a prostitute. And I said to you, you know what? I say, you are struggling in this and this. And the reason why is because I'm still flesh. I have a fleshly side on me. And I can call that thing a spade a spade. And she has the choice to respond. Remember when Jesus was sitting with the woman at the well? He was confronting her on her sexuality. The men that you've been with. And he was not being nasty. He was drawing her into the kingdom by truth. For the truth will set you free. Amen. Let's just give the Lord a hand. So, I'm concluding. I, I literally have 
three more scriptures of talk with you more. Okay, Johannes 14, verse 8 says, And Philip spoke, Lord, show us the Father, and that we will be all that um, and, and that we will be all that we need. And Jesus replied to Philip, I've been with you all this time, and you still don't know who I am. How could you ask me to show you the Father? For anyone who has looked at me has seen the Father. And I want to make a statement this morning in the church. If we get to identity, you know what? If I'm looking at people, I sit vanochtend by, and I give a word, I put some with him. And I could give him word because I see something of the Father on him that I've not seen on anyone else. And I can give a measure of identity and love and purpose towards him. And as we come to each other, we give each other, we encourage each other with a word, with a talent. I sit here this week, Elaine, so I'm referring back because we had coffee this week. And I said to Elaine, Elaine, she's a hairdresser. And I said to her, I want to challenge them. Just be willing and cut one person's hair in a month. Play someone and give them an opportunity. If the whole body is coming together and you've got a certain gifting that makes you unique and we bring our gifting, what we are good in. I mean, I can get you to come and wash the toilets and now you are very humble. I can tell you, you can wash the toilets and still be full of pride. Okay, But when we come and we bring what we have, the little boy bringing his fish and his bread, and he brought it to Jesus, and what a mighty work we saw. So Philip is standing with Jesus, and he says to him, show me the Father, show me God. But you have seen me all this time. And I want to say to you, we don't need a greater miracle in our lives. You don't need a greater revelation. You don't need to see a leg grow on so that you must believe. If we are waiting for something great, what more do we need? You know what the church needs in this time? is not necessarily for someone to stand up and amal leer plat in die kerk. The state that the ouwens van die grond af opstaan en iets begin doen. Amen? I want to see the church in action. I want to see the church saying, Lord, I've heard the word and I've believed. And I'm going to go out. I'm going to cry with the prostitutes. Sit the rye on the rye. I stand here in my seat under the boom. Sy leesboek, dis donker, was nie een licht nie. Sy staan met die boekie so. Ek sê van my skatteboel, wat doen jy hier so? Is jy nie bang hierdie tyd van die avond nie? Nee, oom, nogal oom. Ek sê is blikskottel, weis jy. Oom, goeie genichte. Sy sê nee, oom, sy sê ek lees net een boekie. Ek sê van my poppie, maar jy kan niks in die boek sien nie. Ek sê jy lees nie. Ek sê wie verwacht jy moet jou kom optel? En hier sit ek in die gul, en ons sê gaitje, ek kan nou net lief he, vir die eerste keer praat iemand met al wat al nie een geld wil aanbied vir, vir een gins nie. Weet julle wat sy sê ding? Sy sê vir my oom, weet julle hoeveel kerk ooms het my al opgetel? Sikke goed, dan denk ek myself, Lord, not because I'm judging, I know we are imperfect. But unless we change our hearts, God can't use us. I'm saying, Lord, I know that the Lord wants to use us. How could you say you have not seen the Father? My encounter, if my encounter doesn't leave an impression of the Father on you, I've missed the mark. The Bible says, you shall die waarheid ken and die waarheid shall you vry maak. Amen? Ek hoef jou sê, as jy die identiteit van God op jou het, sal jy mense vry maak. People were run. Jesus had a great encounter with a guy at a graveyard who was full of demons. 
And after having this encounter, this guy went back and he turned the whole city upside down. A guy. Here it is. Now this is, this is Paul now. In Philippians 3 verse 4. Listen here. It is true that I once replied on all that I have become. Now this is Paul in his early days and he's boasting. I had a reason to boast and impress people with my accomplishments more than others. Guys, I want to tell you, I'm not so much impressed by any pastor's size of his church. Think how ridiculous it is. Not that I have anything about, I believe that any church is good. But you're not a great pastor because you have 50,000 people in your church. doesn't make you great. The fact is, are you faithful with what the Lord has placed you in? The Lord has my bronchus spread for 13 years. And I have a lot of plan, but the Lord doesn't let me go. Now the Lord released us. And the word is, now we can go. And I don't care. I'm beyond the place now where I want to have 5,000. I'm fine with just having this size church. If we can have a true communion. If we can have intimate fellowship. And if this little group can make a change in the world, then we've succeeded. Amen. And listen more what I say. I say, I impress people with my accomplishments more than others. For my pedigree was impeccable. I was born a true Hebrew of the heritage of Israel as a son of a Jewish man from the tribe of Benjamin. He knows his identity, this guy. Amen. I was circumcised eight days after my birth and was raised in the strict tradition of Orthodox Judaism. And I want to say to you, the church at this stage is busy with Judaism 2.2. We're back to the law. We're back giving people principles, just guidelines. You need to do this. You need to accomplish it. You need to have these 10 steps. Then you'll be successful. You need to do, get these five steps figured out. Then you, you'll have money. If you, if you do these 10 things, your marriage will work. Bulldust. Amen? I want to say to you, there's no steps. Complete wholeness comes when you come to the revelation of what has been declared over you. Perfect righteousness over you. So how do I get my marriage right? I believe the declaration. How do I get my finances right? I believe his declaration. If I believe, I will do. Amen? I believe in it. So listen, yeah? I was circumcised, okay, living a separated and devout life as a Pharisee. And concerning the, the, the righteousness of the Torah, I want to say to you, there's the righteousness of God and there's the righteousness of the Torah. Who's ever heard that? Righteousness, you can be in, in right relationship with God or you can be in right standing with the Torah. The Torah is the five, first five books of the Bible. It's the law. And do I believe that the, I believe that the law is a secondary consequence that happens because I've loved him. It's not something that I follow so that I've loved him. It doesn't prove that I've loved him because I still fall short. Wie van julle drie week gesondig? Stik jou hand op, as jy gesondig het, sê vir jyre dankie, dankie vir die vergifnis en die goedheid en die grootheid. Luister jy, luister jy so. No one surpassed me. I was without a peer. With other words, ek was die oukie, en as jy so halve kilometer achter my gekyk en dan die volgende ou eers gekom. Okay. For, um, furthermore, 
as a fiery defender of the truth. I persecuted the messianic believers with religious zeal. Yet all of these accomplishments that I have once took credit for, I've now forsaken them and I've regarded all nothing compared to the delight, to the delight of experiencing Jesus Christ as my Lord. What he's basically saying, he's saying I'm counting everything that I've just gone through, everything that I've just told you. I don't take it in high esteem. I've done all these things. I followed, I was in right standing with the, with the Torah. Listen to verse 8. To truly know him meant letting go of everything from my past and throwing all my boasting on the garbage heap. I'm going to just read that again. To truly know him meant letting go of everything from my past. Been divorced? Letting go of my past. I've stuffed it up in my relationship. I've cheated on my wife. The Lord's saying, you have to let it go. I was fraudulent. Guess what? The Lord says you're going to have to let it go. Because if you walk around with any other conviction that except that He has loved you, you will always go back to settle for less. I want to make a statement this morning. If my wife had to remind me of my past, I had no future. I remember there was a time in my life that I was so focused on my past that the Lord said to me, you're nothing different than, than um, Lord's wife who turned into a pillar of salt because I was continually looking behind me. The very next chapter says, Trek jou uit dit wat voor is. Trek jou uit dit wat voor is. If you don't learn to stretch out to that which is in front of you, you're missing it, isn't you? It is all like a pile of manure to me now, so that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ and embrace Him as Lord in all of His greatness. Verse 9. My passion is to be consumed with Him and not clinging to my own righteousness based in keeping the written law. My righteousness will be His based on the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, the very righteousness that came from God. What he's saying is the only thing that I'm going to dare to boast of is the fact that I had an encounter with God. Now, I'm not going to walk around and tell you how I've done these 10 things right because of these things that I've done. But I'm going to draw close to God, knowing what Jesus has done for me. And with that conviction, I'm going to stretch out myself out to that which is in front. And I'm going to keep on pursuing this truth. All of a sudden, my size does not count. My color does not count. My bank statement is irrelevant. What I drive doesn't make me. Where I come from does not give me any identity. The only thing that Paul chooses to know is the fact that he's loved that he's chosen by God and that God would chase him down and pursue him and would not give him a reason to not draw close I believe the generation that we are in is going to change the world on one revelation the revelation that the son of God has set you free and he has loved you so dearly and chased you down so fiercely that you have no excuse to draw closer 
what, how are we going to get crazy worshipers? I would love on a Sunday to see us push away these tables and people dancing and shouting, not because of demonic. I don't want to be awkward. I don't, I don't have awkward. I go from Boeremusik. I go from country. And I go from box and stuur. Stupid priceless. But when I come to the Lord, I can lose myself. David found himself dancing and he ended up naked. His wife was looking like, yeah, look at that oak. He's only king for a little while. He's nothing like my dad. It was Saul's daughter. The Bible says she never produced any children. She was barren her whole life. You know what the Lord wants us to do? He wants us to become so sold out that we will be stupid for the king of kings. DC Talk, when I got saved, they wrote a song. They said, what if I stumble? What if I fall? What if I lose my step and I make fools of us all? Would the walk continue if the walk becomes a crawl? What if I stumble? I said to the Lord, there was a time where I'm pursuing Him and I'm really trying my best. And then all of a sudden, I stuff it up. And then the Holy Spirit comes to me and says, Matthias, you know, I love you so much. Just draw into my arms. Amen. I just want to conclude there. And I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus more fully and experience the overflowing power of His resurrection working in me. I will be one with Him in His suffering and I will be one with Him in His death. Only then will I be able to experience complete oneness with Him in His resurrection from the realm of death. I'm just going to conclude there. Now what I love about church is when we don't all in We get together and we are real. Amen. We're just yearning for the presence of the Lord. Amen. We're just yearning for the presence of the Lord.